your praise right now. Hallelujah. My, my. Stand across the room. I want you to give this worship team a God bless you. They took us in today. They're my favorites. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Some of y'all say TGIF. No, I say TGIS. Hallelujah. Thank God it's Sunday. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're here. Tell your neighbor you look good. You look good. Yeah, whatever you're doing, the diet is working. Hallelujah. The oil of Ule, it's working. I'm glad you're here. If you're ready for the word, shout, I'm ready. Now, I'm in a series called the Reunion Series, and what we're doing is we're reuniting people with their purpose, with God's original intent for their lives. How many of you know that when you arrived on planet Earth, you arrived with assignment? God's got a plan for your life. And, and so there's just a reuniting we're having with the things of God. Last week, I preached, dig that well. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. Hallelujah. And that was just part one, so we're going all the way in. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. You by live stream, thanks for tuning in. I want you to look at our point passage in Genesis 26, 15. It says here, remember this is the story of Isaac now. He is digging the wells uh, of his father, in fact, redigging these wells, and then he's digging new wells. This is a time of great purpose in his life, and he's encountering resistance. Don't think you're going to do something great for God and the enemy not resist you. But understand this, if God has called you to do it, you're going to do it in the name of Jesus. But it says here, now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they filled them with earth. And Abimelech, Abimelech is actually one of the kings of the Philistines who rose up against Isaac. A king with a kingdom rises up against a man with a family. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Also Isaac's servants dug in the valley, my, my, and found a well of running water there. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. Yeah, yeah, dig till you find joy. Dig till you find healing. Dig till you get your breakthrough. Dig until the devil runs out of town. Dig until you see a miracle. My God, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I said, dig until you get a breakthrough. How many of you are ready for what God's about to say in here? Slip up your hands. I feel such a strong anointing here today. Father, I, I, I'm just amazed always by you that you even allow me to do this. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for choosing me and helping me to help others. I pray today that I would be life and hope. God, I don't want to be a just an aspirin for people's pain. I want to be a vitamin that makes them healthy. Hallelujah. God, help me deposit truth in this house for your name's sake. We declare we will dig that well and see every breakthrough you have for us. Now give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Come on, give him praise. Before you sit down, tell your neighbor, say, dig that well. Dig that well. 
I think part of the resistance that some of you have been experiencing in the recent months is because there is such great purpose and destiny and breakthrough ahead of you because you are about to strike something you've never struck before in the name of Jesus. Am I talking to anybody in the house? Now, remember last week we made as our foundational text this here, uh, the, this that I had shared with you out of Genesis 26, where Isaac had began to dig wells. He was in a purposeful place. He's in a place of activity and action. He's digging wells. He's redigging the wells of his father, and then he's digging new wells. And it's very significant here that as he began to dig these wells, he encountered resistance. And it's a mighty thing to note that when you're going to do something significant, you can expect resistance. But Isaac was determined. Are there any determined people in the house? Now, I shared with you last week that there are three wells that you need to redig. Number one, you need to redig the well of purpose. You need to understand that God's got a plan for your life. The devil has a scheme. Come on now. But God has a plan. How many of you want to operate fully in the plan of God for your life? This man Isaac rose up to operate in God's plan for his life and immediately the enemy began to resist him in the form of a man named Abimelech. Abimelech was the Philistine king at that time of that region and he rose up, a king with a kingdom, rose up resisting one man and a family. This king should have never been threatened by a man and a family. This king probably had an army. This king had resources. This king had people that he could command. Yet he was threatened, come on now, by a man and a family. Understand this, this king should have never been threatened. But yet when Isaac rose up to fulfill his purpose, suddenly this king was afraid of Isaac. Never be surprised when people are afraid and scared and threatened when you rise up to fulfill your purpose. There will always be people who will resist what God is doing in your life. There will always be people who will tell you you're not going to make it, that it's not worth it, that you're not able. But if God is for you, then who can be against you? Am I right about it? But understand, Amimelech, you have a clearer understanding of his nature when you define his name. His name is defined as this, my father is king. See, here he is king with a kingdom, king with resources, king with an army, king with everything that he needs to fulfill everything he's been called and commissioned to fulfill. Yet his name means my father is king. See, the issue was he knew who his daddy was. He just didn't know who he was. It's not enough that you know who your daddy is. It's not enough that you know who your mother is or who your pastor is or who your bishop is. The enemy is not threatened when you know who your bishop is or who your pastor is or who your daddy is or who your mother is. But the moment that you begin to know who you are, the moment you begin to know that I am a child of the king and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, healing and victory and power and breakthrough and joy and peace, and it's all mine. When you start understanding your identity, that's when the enemy is threatened. Is there anybody who wants to threaten the enemy because you understand your identity? So redig the well of purpose. And then I talked about redigging re the well. Watch this, a fresh vision. Not just vision, come on somebody, but fresh vision. 
See, vision often lives in a place where what God, where we say and declare what God has said. When I came here 20 years ago, God gave me a vision for the house. God gave me a vision. I was 33 years old. I'm 34 now. Come on. I came here at 33 years old. August the 20th, we will celebrate 20 years as pastor here. Come on. But I came with a vision at 33. But I'm telling you this, not only did I have a vision at 33, now I have fresh vision at 53. And I'm more dangerous at 53. Oh, I'm about to preach to somebody. I said I'm more dangerous at 53 than I was at 33 because I've had 20 years of God's faithfulness. I've had 20 years of watching him do what he said he would do. I've had 20 years of watching him grow the church. I've had him 20 years of building buildings, 20 years of bringing me through a bad economy, 20 years of making a way out of no way, 20 years of seeing my family now serving the Lord, 20 years of watching you walk on. Tell your neighbor I'm dangerous now. You thought I was bad five years ago. You thought I was something 10 years ago. Now I am a living witness that God will make a way right out of nowhere. So not only do I have vision, mm -hmm, I have fresh vision. Fresh vision makes you dangerous. Fresh vision keeps the devil awake if he sleeps. Come on. So I'm telling you, don't just redig the well of vision, redig the well of fresh vision. Say, Lord, what are you saying to me now? What are you saying about my next season? What are you saying for my future? So we said, redig the well of purpose, redig the well of fresh vision. Make a little noise if you're going to redig the well of fresh vision. Come on. But then we decided we're going to redig the well of joy. That means we're going to be happy. That means we're gonna have joy. If you're gonna be miserable, you're gonna have to do it without me. How many of you are gonna be joy-filled in the next season? I even told you guys that I ripped my pants. Sitting on the front row at Rod Parsley's about two weeks ago. 100 million homes, come on somebody. Word Network Live, I'm on the front row. And I rip my pants from thy kingdom come to thy will be done. Can I get a witness? From the alpha to the omega. From the bottom straight up. Y'all don't understand. You could pass a basketball through it. And then I'm sitting there and Pastor Rod is preaching. He just seems to spend a lot of time preaching in front of me. And I feel like I should stand because the things he is saying is really wonderful. And I want to say amen. And I'm standing and pulling my jacket down the whole time. And then all of a sudden he calls me up on the stage, Lord Jesus. And I said, Lord, you see your son here. I'm asking for mercy, Lord. You split the Red Sea. Can you put my pants back together? Here's the testimony. These were the pants I was wearing and they got put back together again. So the lesson is this. If the enemy tears it up, it can always be put back together again. Can I get a witness? <laughs> These pants are my testimony. Oh, glory. But here's the reality. I only said that to say this. At 53, I just sat on the front row and laughed at his church. 
At 33, I would have had a nervous breakdown. But at 53, I just laughed and knew, man, I'm going to have a story to tell my church when I get home. So how many of you are going to redig the wells of joy? Redigging the well of joy does not mean that you won't have problems, but it means this. You're going to go into problems and situations and circumstances with the joy of knowing that if God brought you through before, make a little noise if you believe he'll bring you through again. So we're moving on to number four now, and here's what I want you to do. It's time to redig the well of faith. Somebody say faith. For Isaac to rise and overcome the resistance of Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, he had to dig in faith. And here's what you've got to understand. That's one of the most intense parts of well digging is you dig in faith. You dig and believe you're going to see it even before you see it. See, it takes faith to dig. It takes faith to say, I'm going to get down to business. And even though I don't see it in the natural, I feel in my heart that as I dig and as I'm faithful to God, God's going to bring to pass everything that he said. See, life gets intense. Wave at me if you've ever had life get intense. Life gets intense and situations and circumstances, if we're not careful, will rob us of our faith and worry and anxiety will begin to try to take us over. But see, the Lord brought me here to tell you, precious, that it's time for you to put all that to rest and it's time to redig the wells of faith. Isn't it something that before Isaac dug new wells, he redug the old wells? Before he tried something new, he went back to what had already been working. Help me, Holy Spirit. Isaac didn't disregard or disrespect the old wells, but he redug the wells. See, the hard work had already been done. The wells had just been had, they'd had trash and earth and mess pushed in in, in front of them and the, the, the well actually had already been dug. All they had to do was get the mess out of the way so they could see it. See, the enemy doesn't want you to know it, but see, the hard work has already been done. Jesus had already made a way out of no way. He's already paid for your healing, your deliverance, your provision, your breakthrough, your joy, and your peace. All you got to do is just redig what's already been dug and get the mess out of the way, get the compromise out of the way, get the doubt out of the way, get the fear out of the way, get the booty call out of the way. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Isaac said this. He said, let me go to the place where it's already worked before. Mm. Let me go and dig where my father did. And if it worked for my father, it's going to work for me. Jesus. If it worked for my daddy, it will work for me. If it worked for my grandfather, it will work for me. See, I'm only standing here because I've redug some wells that my father dug before me and my grandfather dug before him and my great-grandfather dug before him. Those coming after us should do as we have done. Dig old wells of faith. If it worked for us, it'll work for them. 
See, now I'm looking at my children up here. My children, spiritual children and natural children. My daughter was singing the joy song today. Did you see her dancing? Then I have a 19-year-old, and she's actually preaching in the 68th service right now. And she dances all over the place. My girls are dancing girls. You know why my girls dance? Because I dance. Hallelujah. I'm a dancer. If y'all want me to be cute in church, you, you got the wrong pastor on the wrong Sunday. I walk all over this place. I dance all over this house. I have myself a good time. And now I look at my children and now they dance like I dance, except they dance better. Hallelujah. And with a little bit more energy. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But I dance because my daddy danced. If my daddy would have been here this morning, he would have danced all over the front of this church. Y'all know my dad. He's in heaven now. Some of you knew him. We called him Pastor Paul Paul. He would, man, he was round and, and, and he was my daddy, but he was a big old boy. And he would jump, man, and that belly would jump. Come on. You had to give him room when Pastor Paul Paul got happy. And you know why he danced? Because Dutch Rayleigh danced. My granddaddy danced. My granddaddy, if he was here this morning, he would have danced across the front end of this church and he couldn't even spell charismatic. Come on. He was a dancing preacher. You know why? Because these children have learned what I learned from my dad, who learned what he learned from his dad, who learned what he learned from my great-great-granddaddy. I'm trying to tell you that we need to have something that our kids can come back to and say if it worked for us, it'll work for them. Make a little noise if you want to leave that kind of legacy. Praise the Lord. If God healed me, he'll heal my children. If God saved me, he'll save my children. If he's made you a promise, he will bring it to pass. Dig that well. Now, this is powerful to me because the Bible says that Isaac's servants, watch this, also dug in the Gera Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. Now, now watch this. Not only did they dig, they dug in the valley. See, sometimes you got to dig in the valley. The valley represents difficult seasons. The valley can represent hard times. The valley can represent times when things aren't going right, times of struggle. You ever had times of struggle? Have you ever had times when it seems like everything that was coming against you, that could come against you, was coming against you? Everything was coming except the kitchen sink. And then you look, and there comes the sink. Can I get a witness? Have you ever had times when you thought, can't nothing else go wrong, and somehow inadvertently something else goes wrong? Can I talk to real people? Have you ever had times when it was caving in around you, when everything that seemed to, to, that to go down was going down, everything, every struggle seemed to be magnified? The enemy only intensified his attack. One little side note, I've often found that the level of attack that I'm under in one season is only symbolic of the breakthrough that I'm going to have in the next season. Many of you have wasted your time borrowing pain from your future. You've been so worried and full of anxiety about tomorrow, about what's coming down the pike. You've been full of anxiety and worry. Where am I going to go? How am I going to see a, a breakthrough? How am I going to see my children broke through? How am I going to see my marriage restored? And you've been borrowing anxiety. What if it goes wrong? What if it goes right? I told Jesus. I dropped by here to tell you the Lord would say stop borrowing pain from your future and begin to borrow praise from your future because there are some things about to break in your life and 
in your ministry. I dare you to give God a praise right now. But you gotta dig in the valley. You gotta worship in the valley. You gotta praise in the valley. You gotta give in the valley. You gotta pray in the valley. You gotta believe in the valley. Anybody can worship God when everything's going good. Anybody can praise God when everything is perfect. But when you're hanging on to heaven with hell on your back and everything seems to be going wrong, but still there is an old magnify the Lord with me that rises up inside of you. It lets you know that God is gonna make a way out of no way. So you dig in the valley, tell your neighbor, dig that well. Dig that well. Now, watch this. You gotta move in faith. You gotta redig the well of faith. And even if you're in the valley, keep digging. I need to tell somebody, there's water in the valley. There's breakthrough in the valley. Just keep digging. Now they dug, the Bible says, and they found water in the valley. They dug a well. Now write this down. In the Bible, wells represent growth, purity, life, refreshing, wealth, and influence. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. My, 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 my. I thought I would get a, a greater response than that. In the Bible, watch. Wells represent growth, purity, life, refreshing, wealth, and influence. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. Is there anybody ready to dig a well? that's gonna bring growth and purity and life and refreshing and wealth and influence. God, let me get in faith. Raise your hands. I declare in the next season for every well digger in the house, for those that will continually pursue the things of God, I declare as you dig that well, you're gonna step into a new season of growth, a new season of purity, a new season of life, a new season of refreshing, a new season of wealth, and a new season of influence. My God, give him a praise if you believe it. Some of you have been depressed so long you don't even know how to say or have joy. Somebody give God a shout if you believe it. It's a good thing. Whew, glory to God. I've claimed that for myself. I'm going to run down an amen myself. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. Dig that well. Can we get a little bit crazy? Can you testify to somebody? Get your neighbor by the hand, okay, just mug them up, shake them up real good. If their hair falls off, what should you do? If it's good hair, put it in your purse and take it home with you, come on. But shake your neighbor's up, hand up real good and say, hey neighbor, I claim that in my next season, as I dig in faith, it will be full of growth, purity, life, refreshing, wealth, healing and influence. Give God a shout. Listen, I, I just had the Spirit of the Lord say, 
drop healing in there because God's getting ready to heal some people in your life and heal some people in your family. Make a little noise like you believe it. Dig it in faith. Dig that well. Number five, redig the well of the word. Redig the well of faith. Number five, redig the well of the word. Now, this is powerful to me because there are many promises slash prophecies in the word of the Lord. When God makes a promise, it becomes a prophecy. Come on. A prophecy is something destined to come to pass. And here's what I know. This is not what I've heard, young man. This is what I know. I'm not telling you what I've heard somebody else say. This is what I know. I have been carried through life by the word of God. I'm only here because of the word of the Lord. I have been carried through life by the word of the Lord. Things like no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Things like with his stripes, I am healed. Words like God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I'm only, I've been carried here by the word. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I've been brought into this position in this place. I've been carried by the word. Words like the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Behold, I show you a great mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, we shall all be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortality. For when this corruptible has put on incorruptible, and this mortal has put on immortality, thus it shall come to pass the saying which is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Give the Lord a praise if his word has carried you. Tell your neighbor, I've been carried here. I've been carried by the word. I've been carried by the word of the Lord and it's carrying me today. One, two, three, give God a praise for his word. Y'all be seated. Y'all got me quoting the Bible up in here. If you've been carried by the word, give God praise right now. I've been carried by the word. There are 3,573 promised prophecies in God's word. And hear me, now is the climb. Now is the time to claim everyone. Come on. The, the, the word promise actually occurs about 50 times in your King James Version Bible. And it's time to stop being overwhelmed by life and circumstances. It's time to stop being defeated and hold to the word of the Lord. That's what I love from Genesis 26, verse 23. This is where Isaac claimed God's word. Watch this. From there, Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him in the night of his arrival. I am the Lord God of your father Abraham. He said, do not be afraid, for I am with you and I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. Now watch, I love this, underline this. I will do this because of my promise to your daddy. To Abraham, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshiped the Lord. He set up his camp at that place and his servants dug another well. One day, King Abimelech came from Gerah with his advisor, Ahuza, and Philco. Where's Sam at? Come on, where's Bob? They got all these hard names. Come on, somebody. Why have you come here, Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off of your land. And they replied, we can plainly see. We can plainly see that the Lord is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. We can plainly see that the Lord is with you. How many of you want to get under so much of God's favor in your life that even heathens will look at you and say, we can plainly see that the Lord is with you. I want Calvary to become so blessed that people can plainly see that the Lord is with us. Let me tell you something. I've had people preach my funeral, tell me I wasn't gonna make it. They tried to shut us down. I remember when we stood in opposition uh, to uh, cheaters.
uh, and, and we stood in such opposition there because we didn't want that place in our city. And you know us, we go into these strip clubs and we witness to people and we have ministries that go there. But we didn't want that place to be right on our doorstep where women were going to be trafficked, where there was going to be immorality going on. We, sometimes you got to draw the line and say no. Nobody's shouting now, but I'll amen myself. Sometimes you got to say, no, that's not what we're going to have in our city. And when I stood in opposition, I was, the, the mayor asked me to be, to, to write the editorials, to stand in opposition, and to be the figurehead for this. And, and I did, and, 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 and I stood in opposition, but I also understood that even though we didn't want the place there, we loved everybody, the sinners, the strugglers, no matter what their issues were. But they went on the news, and you remember they came here and picketed, and they said, we're going to shut this church down. We're going to destroy Jim Rayleigh. We're, we're going we're, we're, his ministry, you know, they just, on the news, night in and night out, they were saying that they were going to destroy me. They were going to bring Jim Rayleigh down, and it was hard to watch, and we had just built the building, and they attacked us in so many ways, and the enemy had come against us. But I want to tell you what had happened. What had happened was... That was about seven years ago. If you go up to where that place used to be, there's no longer a strip club there. Cheaters is not there. There is a dollar store there now. I'm trying to tell you that they gone, but I'm still here. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I said they gone, but I'm still here. You know why? Because I am standing on the word of the Lord that if God is for me, who can be against me? Now, check this out. The Bible said in the 24th verse, I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servants Abraham's sake. Ugh, I love that. He said there are promises that I made to your daddy that I am going to fulfill in you. Oh, Jesus. He said, I'm going to bless you because of your father. My Lord, this is powerful because some blessings we have and we walk in are because mothers and fathers came before us, spiritual mothers and fathers came before us, and they prayed for us, and they believed for us. Let me say this. Your children will be blessed because of the word of God that you have claimed over their lives. Make a little noise if you believe your son is going to be blessed. Your daughter is going to be blessed. My Lord, that's powerful. I wish Channing was in here. She was preaching in 68, and I know you went to hear her preach, don't. You disappeared. I knew the rapture didn't take place. Come on. But here's the deal, Courtney, you're going to be blessed, honey. You're going to be blessed because I've claimed blessings over your life. I've claimed that you're going to be mightily used by God. I've claimed that the anointing on you is going to be richer than the anointing ever was on me. And that you're going to be mighty and Channing's going to be mighty and Peyton's going to be mighty because I am declaring that every promise over my life comes to their life in a greater way. Make a little noise if you'll claim that for your children. Even if they're acting crazy right now, you ought to go home and get you out some Wesson oil and slap them upside the head. You, I don't have Crisco, whatever you got. 
and slap them upside the head and say, you better be glad I'm your daddy. Hallelujah. You better be glad I'm your mama because you will be blessed. You may be acting crazy right now, but you will be blessed in the name of Jesus. He said, I will bless you for your father's sake. Now, blessing that scripture means to bless greatly, to bless abundantly, and bless altogether. See, if God blesses you, Pastor Troy, he blesses you greatly. He blesses you abundantly, and then he blesses you altogether. So don't expect El Shaddai, who is more than enough, to bless you with just enough. I'm going to have more than enough joy, more than enough peace, more than enough victory, more than enough strength, more than enough resources because he's El Shaddai. He's more than enough. So he's going to bless greatly, abundantly, and somebody say all together. That, that means if it's all together, that means everything. That means I don't have to be victorious here and defeated here. That means I don't have to settle here and say it's okay here. I dare somebody to give God praise if you're going to be blessed altogether. Come on. I said give God praise if you're going to be blessed altogether. Raise up your hands. I declare that the next six months for the well diggers, you're going to be blessed greatly. Somebody say greatly. I, I declare you're going to be blessed, blessed greatly. I declare you're going to be blessed abundantly. Somebody say abundantly. And I declare you're going to be blessed all together. Somebody shout all together. Yet, yet some of the stuff had to fall apart so it could all come together. God said it's all coming together. You're going to be blessed all together. Listen, I know people can't handle that. You're just one of them preachers. You're trying to bless me. Guilty as charged. I dare somebody to give God praise if you're ready to step into a season where as you dig that well, God blesses you all together. But here is the significant key. Number six, redig the well of worship. Are there any worshipers in the house? Come on, all the worshipers, make a little noise. Make a little noise. If anything has robbed you of your thankfulness or shut up your praise or sealed off your worship, it's time to redig the well of worship. Isaac was a worshiper. In verse 24, God pronounced blessings over him. And then in verse 25, the Bible said he built an altar there and he began to worship God. Now, now here's the truth. The worship well is one of the easiest wells of all to stop up. And the enemy wants you to hush your worship. He wants you to stop up your praise. He wants you to stop giving God glory. But see, when you learn that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people, when you, when you learn that God shows up in your praise, that he lives in your worship, not in your complaints, but in your worship, you'll begin to magnify the Lord. You'll begin to praise the Lord. The truth is, some of y'all have come to church and maybe think, you're thinking, well, things must really be going good for that sister. Man, look at her praising God. She must have had a great week. You don't know that that sister has gone to the doctor and gotten a bad report. You don't know that that brother may be dealing with children who are rebellious, but they have decided to magnify the answer and not the problem. Mm. Have you ever come to church 
and sat by the wrong person. You sit down by them and they act mad every time you praise the Lord. They sit there and say, my God, she is driving me crazy. It don't take all that. She has stood up. If she swings that wig in my face, I'm going to, just one more time, I'm going to snatch it off her head. Why is she carrying on and she just, ugh. Oh, Lord, it don't take all that. Don't take all that noise. Don't take all that clapping, all that shouting. Sit down, woman. Sit down. You are, sit down. You, 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 you know that they're stressing out. You know that they're mad, and they sit there, and they are so mad because you are so free. But if you ever sit in church and you get mad at somebody's worship, the truth is if God had done for you what he did for them, you might be standing too. You might be shouting too. You might be rejoicing too. You might not like my shout, but my shout ain't for you. You might not like my praise, but my praise ain't for you. You didn't deliver me. You didn't set me free. You didn't get me out of the mess that I was in. Have you, have you ever... Have you ever sat by the right person in church? When you say halle, they say luya, come on. When you say thank you, they say Jesus. Tell your neighbor, you sitting by the right one. Come on, you sitting by the right one today. Yeah, 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 I don't know about the row in front of me. I can't tell you about the row behind me. But when I think about the goodness of Jesus and everything he's done for me, there is a praise that rises in my soul. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. See, see, here's what I found. I'm just going to stand out here. I'm going to finish up. I'm getting ready to close. What does that mean? That don't mean nothing. Hallelujah. Here's what you got to know. You will notice that, that when you worship, your stress level goes down. Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. When you, when you worship, big problems get small. See, here's the truth. You can't worship and worry at the same time. <laughs> I said you can't worship and worry at the same time. That's why David said, magnify the Lord with me. So you're going to either magnify the Lord or magnify your problems. So when you magnify the Lord... God doesn't get bigger. He's already as big as he's ever going to be. But he gets bigger in your eyes. He gets bigger in your spirit. He gets bigger in your situation. And as God gets bigger, our problems get smaller. <laughs> Jesus. Now, the problem with most church people, not, not, not the ones that are here, early service, is they go to church like they're going to the movies. And they sit there and say, okay, entertain me. Okay, Pastor John, see if you can get this moving. Sing it, John. Come on, band. All right, here we go. And they, and, and they act like they're at the movies. They act like they're there to be entertained. God help me. I got to shut my mouth. 
They, they act like they're there to be entertained. Just entertain me. But here's the truth. Ah. See, we are not here to be entertained. We are here to entertain God. Oh, Jesus. We are here to entertain God. In other words, when we come into the house, we are here for his enjoyment. We are here for his entertainment. Oh, my, my, my. In other words, see, we know a lot about trying to attract God to the house. But once we attract him to the house, are we willing to entertain him? See, if I invited you over to my house the other day, you remember? And you came to my house to watch the fireworks, you remember? And I had some for you to drink, non-alcoholic. Okay, and yeah, and, and then I had watermelon, and me and you was eating watermelon, and, and I was entertaining you, and we was watching fireworks, because I'm not going to invite you in and then ignore you. But if I invite you into the house, I'm going to find out what you like. You like watermelon. You love watermelon. And so we sat there, and see, when we invite God in, we need to say, God, what do you like? Do you like my clap? Do you like my shout? Do you like my dance? Do you like it when I leap before you? I dare somebody right now. Why don't you give him a little praise? Why don't you entertain him? Listen. Listen, we don't come to just watch. We come to enter into his presence with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. One, two, three, give God a shout. We can't have a worship service while you watch. While you sit there, enter into his gates with praise, honey. People are stressed out, hard-headed, out of control, moody, angry, and hot-headed. If you'll come in and give him praise, God will fix all that. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. Dig that well. I want to I be a worshiper. I want to be a radical worshiper. I never want to get so big that I don't worship him anymore. I'm still amazed by him. I still love him. Still need him. Still get broke down by myself. And I want to do the work of the Lord and not know the Lord of the work. I need him. So I have to redig that well of worship. Amen. Good Lord. Somebody, somebody just struck something right there. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. Dig that well of worship. Dig that well of the word. Come on. Come on. Dig that well of the word. Dig that well of faith. Dig it. God's not through with you, precious. Honey, our children are going to be blessed because they're going to come to wells that you and I have dug. And they're going to claim 
the promises that you prayed over them early in the morning, laying in that closet before the sun comes up and you declaring blessings over our children. We declared our children would be healthy. We declared in faith. And I ain't saying they've been sick, but God brought them through. We declared that our girls are going to be virtuous because virgin is not a dirty word. And as the years go on, my children are going to be blessed. Your sons and daughters are going to be blessed. That's why you can't get caught up where they are right now. Though it tarry, wait for it, for the promise will surely come. So I'm going to give you Well Digging 101, and I'm going to close with this. Well Digging 101. Here's how you do it. Number one, choose the well. Somebody say choose the well. Here's the facts. Every well ain't your well. Don't be trying to dig somebody else's well. Dig your well. Say, tell your neighbor, dig your well. Find out what, what God has for you. Claim it. Don't try to hijack somebody else's well. My Lord, dig your well. Number two, prepare for the work ahead. Young person, it's not going to be easy all the time. We've raised a generation that feels entitled. I want it right now, and I don't want to do nothing to get it. No. There's a four-letter word you need to learn. It may be a dirty word for some people, but it's called work. Get up off your blessed assurance and go to work. Can I get a witness in the house? Nobody's going to give you the degree. you got to study. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Prepare for the work ahead. Anything worth having is worth working for. N number, number three, start digging. Stop talking about what you're going to do and do it. <laughs> number four, keep digging. Don't just start digging. My God, keep digging. Keep at it. You still digging? I'm still digging. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm still digging. My God, you can find me next week, I'll still be digging. You got ministry and you keep digging. You got a future, keep digging. Uh, feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit in here. The Lord said you're closer than you've ever been. Keep digging. You remember the story in the Bible when Jesus told the disciples, cast your nets on the other side of the boat? And the moment they cast their nets on the other side, they got in so many fish that the nets broke and they just about sunk the ship. You know what I think? I think the fish must have been right underneath the boat all the time. God must have had their blessing on hold all night long. Tell your neighbor your breakthrough's on hold. Yeah, yeah, you're closer than you've ever been. Some of you are a few good shovelfuls and you're going to hit water. Glory to God. You're going to hit your miracle. Tell your neighbor, say, keep digging. And here's probably the most prolific and important part. You could, if you're a teacher or a preacher, you could just teach these points. Number five, focus on the water, not the dirt. 
don't, don't, don't focus on what you're going through. Focus on what you're getting to. Tell your neighbor, dig that well. I want you to stand across the room. Everybody standing. Hallelujah. Redig the well. Redig the well of purpose. Redig the well of vision. Redig the well of joy. Redig the well of the word. Redig the well. Redig the well. Redig the well. Redig the well of fresh vision. Redig the well of faith. Redig the well of worship. God's going to move for you. I feel like this is a season of supernatural breakthrough. I said, God is going to move for you. Raise your hands and say, God's going to move for me. God's going to move for me. Oh, my, my. God's going to heal my children. God's going to save my family. Raise your hands and say, God's going to move for me. God's going to heal my son. God's going to deliver my daughter. Declare God's going to move for me. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to slip up your hands right now and I want you to begin to thank him. We're gonna sing this song together. Nobody, nobody moving for just a moment. If you try to leave right now, we have somebody in the balcony and they'll shoot you with a pellet gun. Come on. But I'm gonna close you all at once and all together. But I want you to slip up your hands right now, precious. I love you so much. I believe in your future. It takes faith to hear a word like that, but dig that well. Courtney, sing this, honey. I want you to begin to thank the Lord where you are and thank him for where you go and sing, baby. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're always good. You're your voice and say thank you Jesus. come on lift your heart before the Lord and tell him you're always good you're always good you're See you. 
somewhere in the spirit right now. Say it again. right now give him praise right now with heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around just for a moment if you're here and you'd say pastor there's things in my life that alienate me from the Lord that separate me from him there's sin in my life and when you pray pastor pray for me come on I'm a little over time right now but I don't want to miss this moment you'd say pastor when you pray for somebody pray for me because I want to make sure that nothing in my life divides me from the Lord so since you're praying anyway, Pastor Rayleigh, pray for me. If you're not where you need to be with God, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hands. Are you ready? One, two, three. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. There's things in my life that have kept me from him. I, I need to get right with God. I need to get some things under the blood. Hands in every section, even in the balcony. I'm letting you five more seconds. If you need to raise your hand, raise it now. Five. Pray for me, Pastor. Four, three. Got some things I need to get right with the Lord, Two. One. Now here's the deal. If somebody next to you has raised their hand, I want you to step back because I'm going to invite everybody who raised your hand. I want you to come right here to the front because I want to pray with you. I promise you won't come alone, but make that step of faith right now. Everybody moving that raised your hand, come on. Come on. If you're afraid to come, if somebody next to you will come with you, get them by the hand and y'all come together. But look at this. This is what it's all about. Come on. I said this is what it's all about about new beginnings and new seasons and old things passing away. Oh, I wish you would give God praise. Scores of people are coming now. This is the key to church growth right here, baby. Come on to the front. We got to make room for people. We got to make room for them. I wish you would shout, roll them on up here. Come on, bring her. My God, my God. You can do a little better than that. My goodness gracious. Mm. 
My Lord, here they're still coming. Can y'all clap while they're still coming, while they're still coming? still coming this guy right here mm. your nephew right here man I love you you be encouraged mm. you be encouraged you be encouraged <laughs> Hallelujah, man, the Lord. There's so many tears in this altar right now. Huh. I want everybody to take your hand and put it on your heart right now. This is a new beginning for so many. Look here. Touch that guy right there. Come here. Yeah, buddy. I met you last week, didn't I? I met you in Guest Central. You got invited by one of our girls who works at a restaurant. I remember you, and now look at you. Life's gonna get better for you. You be encouraged. Y'all give me a minute just to love on some people. You just be encouraged. I'm so glad you're here, bud. All right, I would talk to everybody, but I want everybody to take your hand and put it on your heart right now, just on your heart. And I want everybody in the room. This is a new beginning for you. Nobody leave. You ought to just want to see this. And uh, we're going to pray this prayer. And this represents a fresh start for you, okay? That we're going to close the door on the past. And we're going to dig that well. Come on. And we're going to see some breakthroughs. Are you ready? Pray this after me. Pray, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. I come to you. And I'm asking you. Please. Forgive me for all my sins. I've been trying it my own way. And my way is not working. But there's a better way. There's a higher way. And that's your way. So today, I choose your way. Come into my heart. Change my life. Give me a new beginning. And I declare... I'll dig that well, and I'll never be the same. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. So all of you back here, y'all stay right here. All of you put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder, and we're going to bless you out. Just touch your neighbor's shoulder. Everybody else, I know there's a bunch of you, but I want you to turn and go this way right here. Just turn, and I want all of my altar workers to help them. I got a gift for you right over here. I want to talk to you. I want to spend just a minute with you. I got people that have something for you. Everybody else, hold your neighbor's shoulder. And everybody else, just say to these people, say, woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah, it's a great day. All right, hold that neighbor's shoulder. Now, I love you guys. Now, listen, if you're visiting with me, I want to meet you in the back. And it's been such a great day. But this week is going to be a great week. I, I, hold that neighbor's shoulder and say, did you hear what the pastor said? Say, I'm claiming a great week. All right. Pastor Troy, close us in prayer. If you're visiting, meet me in the back. I'd love to meet you. Isn't this just awesome to see all these people come to the altar? This is, I mean, this is what it's all about, guys. 
Where else can you go to get a fresh start and a new beginning? Even if the judge lets you go, he's going to mark your record. God don't mark your record. He said, it's clean, it's fresh. Now move forward and start digging wells. Amen? That's powerful. As Pastor Ray just told you, he and Pastor Don are going out this middle, and they're moving over. There's a, a guest information room. If you are a guest today, would you please stop by and just say hello to them and meet them? They would love to meet you. And just drop by and say hello to our staff. We would appreciate it. But let me pray a blessing over you. Father, we love you so much, God. God, and we thank you for the word that our pastor has placed in our heart this morning. God, we all need to learn to dig some more wells, God. Whether it be for our family, whether it be for our friends, whatever it may be. God, I pray right now that we take this word and we apply it to our life. But not only do we apply it to our life, as we walk out those doors, we take it with us. Tell it to our family, tell the people we work with. God, spread it around, God, so this word, this word goes into the lives of many more people. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday.